Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. To my right, that's the AP himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. And across from me, G-Dub himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. My name is Marvin, the Wizard Comics podcast for the week of uh, 12-11. We're going to talk about the books that... No, actually, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, this is a different kind of uh, podcast. You'll probably see with a title of the podcast, continuing the uh, awards of 2019. But we're still going to tell you about the books coming out 12, 18, 2019, one week before the uh, Christmas holiday. And if you, uh, I believe also, Alex, look this up for me since you're on your phone already. I believe this year we have Kwanzaa and the uh, end of Hanukkah and then Christmas, like all in a row. Look that up for me. Family tree number two. Jeff Lemire, Phil Hester, Eric Gasper, Loretta and her family are destroyed by a deadly cultist. And running out of time when Grandpa Judd arrives, touting his ordinary, ordinary, ordinary. How do you say that? Honorary, honorary attitude and trusty shotgun. But what is good? What good is a gun against a mysterious ailment, turning her grandfather, grandfather, her granddaughter, his granddaughter, into a tree? What do we think here, Garrett? Wow, uh, what's happening? <laughs> um, so issue one, I thought was pretty good. Um, I think it's like you know a pilot for a TV show. It's never that great, so I'm I'm betting issue two is going to be better than issue one was. But I thought issue one did a decent job, like laying out what's going to happen, sort of, from here on out. We're going to figure out uh, why the daughter's basically turning into a tree, and why her grandfather's involved, and uh, her mom and her uh, brother seem like they're going to be like more of the skeptics, like the ones that it doesn't. Have, I mean, it affects them emotionally, but not physically, being part of this family. So I'm excited, but again, issue one, I was like. Maybe it had moments of, of yeah. interest for me. I feel like it should have been a double size this year. Yeah, do like an extended first issue to kind of get what the grandfather's up to instead of I'm a grandfather. <laughs> so I do have the answer for you. Yes. Uh, Kwanzaa starts the 26th. Okay. Day after Christmas. Uh, Sunday, December 22nd is the start of Hanukkah. And of course, next Wednesday or that Wednesday, the 25th is Christmas Day. And the day after Christmas, Boxing Day. Of course. Over in Canada and the UK. That's how you punch everybody. No, you box up your gifts and you give them out to charity. Mm. That's what it's called, Boxing Day. Interesting. Is that real? I mean, that's how it started. I think I'm now, 30 and I did not know that. I think now that. they just have sales and stuff at stores. But hmm. Farmhand number 12. This is Rob Gilroy. Rob Gilroy. Uh, the Josiah Seed claims another victim as Ezekiel stumbles a con- stumbles upon something otherworldly growing in the crawfish fields of Freetown. Alex? Uh, I'm excited. This is one of those books that uh, every time it comes out, it's on the top of the list. And I'm always so excited for this book. It just it blows my mind uh, how horror-esque yet comedic this book can be. And to know we're only the second issue into our third book volume third arc what have you uh blows my mind that we're almost halfway done with the story middle west number uh 12 13 excuse me scotty young jorge corona new story arc abel knows hard work and cruel adults on the writer's farm he'll find no storage of either elsewhere maggie and jeb struggle to rally a crew to rescue the kids and they'll need to be quicker than the weather Excuse me, need to be quick. The weather is starting to turn. Garrett? 
Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I haven't heard issue 12 yet, so I'm sure it's great, uh, according to what Alex has said. But uh, great series, great folktales. Looks like we're going to kind of get a little more fantastical this volume than we did before. I mean, we were in a very heavy fantasy world, but I think we're going to start peeling back the curtain a little more. Oh, To me, the way this one seems, it's going to be a little bit more dire almost. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna maybe get into some sad stuff. I don't know how long we're gonna be on this farm, but it's sad. Old guard force multiplied number one of five. Greg Rucka, Leonardo Fernandez, new story arc, uh, soon to be a motion picture starring Charlie Theron. You know what I noticed about Charlie Theron? She kind of doesn't give a shit what she's doing anymore. Like I think she's in that phase of her she's life. Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers stage. You just like. Kind of phone it she in was in that movie with Seth Ro- Rogen. She was in that Fast and Furious, the last one. Um, and then I just saw her in another movie, which is like you could tell she got pay- paid a lot to do it. And now she's coming in this old guard. I mean, you get work. We gotta get work. Although I think the old guard one, actually, I feel like that was a character well suited for her, mm-hmm. at least in her prime when she was, you know, kicking ass all the time. I'm excited. Old guard. I like the first one. We'll check out the second one here. Uh, Project Xmas number one, Mark Miller and uh, Top Secret. I think it was uh, Frank Quietly. It, it said Frank Quietly. Oh, this one says Top Secret. Oh, Mark originally, Miller, it said B, Frank Quietly. The B covers Quietly. Oh. oh, so is C. Mark Miller and Netflix have teamed up to give the perfect Christmas gift, the sequel to one of the most beloved Miller World projects since the dawn of time. The twist is you don't know what it's about, and like all good gifts, you're in for a nice surprise when you open the delivery box. On December 18th, can you guess what Santa's going to bring you? So, a special project. What's your guess on what it is? I'm going to guess a three or maybe a one-shot Jupiter Circle. Well, Uh, it's three issues, whatever it is. Okay, If if that were the case, hell yeah. And that new series is coming on Netflix next year. Yeah. Got to get the... Jupiter's Legacy. The birds chirping on the old Twitter. That'd be cool. God, if, what if it was a three issue with Frank Quietly, though? That'd be just great. Three be. issues about, uh, what was that guy's Fox? What was his name? Wasn't it not Gray Fox? Silver Fox. No, that's what you call an old man who's attractive. Me. Well, he was. I thought it was Gray Fox. It's Gray Fox, I, I think. Remember. Batman number 85, Tom King, Mikhail Hanin. The stunning conclusion to The City of Bane is here. How will Flashpoint Batman be vanquished from our dimension? Also, he will. What will become a Gotham girl now that she's betrayed all that she knows? How will the Bat Team cope without Alfred? How will, will Catwoman stick around? Who will rebuild Gotham City? I'm guessing Bruce. There's a lot of questions. That Is Batman ever going answered. to be Batman again? Yes, because he announced the next thing already. The event of the summer comes, <laughs> now comes out with uh, closes out the year, setting the stage for the whole new path for the Dark Knight detective. You don't dare miss the exercise concluding chapter the Tom King's epic run on the Batman. And it all leads to a new Batman and Catwoman series. Kurt? Um, I'm excited for this storyline to be done. Um, but I'm excited for the two pages that starts James Tinian the fourth's run. And I saw that James Tinian the fourth and Peter Tomasi are the ones writing that Alfred special. So maybe they wanted Alfred to be axed from the Batman do story. You s- do you see the cover here? Bane's back in his mask on the floor when we know he's in a coma and without his mask. So you yeah, think, see, I don't get why. Do you think Bruce puts him back in the mask and then throws him outside the door and they act like they beat the shit out of him? Just to I, send a message. I feel like the only reason they're putting Bane on that cover is because the storyline's still called City of Bane. And that's the only reason he's even on that fucking cover. Even though he got a bolt in the head, but he's still alive. 
So yeah. he told you guys when it first happened. It grazed him. Yeah, it was just a paper cut. Batman Last Night on Earth, number three. Scott Snyder, Jonathan Glapson, Greg Capullo. Alex, what do we think? So I actually haven't read two. I own it. I just haven't read it yet. Uh, I was going to oh. say when you guys talked about it on the gauntlet, then all two came out. Oh, it's been out for a couple months now. It's great. It's just sitting on the bottom of my you stack. Actually, we check here. And the cover with Bane and uh, Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. So exciting. Uh, I am actually really excited for this book. I mean, if you heard the gauntlet, Garrett was right. This is the Batman that we all want. Just due to the fact this is like the, the god Batman that Snyder has uh, imbued with such power that I'm excited to see it. Uh, where I've seen a lot of scared little kid Bruce uh, in Tom King's book that I just, I, I'm not, I can't handle that. I need my Batman to, to be, be a boss. Batman. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is probably, I think, the best black label book I've read so far. Batman Damned was pretty great, but this is definitely probably the number one, I think, number one spot. Even over Joker, smi- the Smiling Joker one? Only one issue that's come out. So. I suppose. Yeah, I don't got it, so I got to read it. Catwoman, number 18, Joel Jones, Joel Jones. The Mini Mask of Selena Kyle, number uh, 18, as I just said. Alex, what do you think? You know what? Catwoman is one of those books that I... I've I'm always on the teeter-totter of whether or not I actually want to keep it, but when I see Joel Jones is both writing and doing the art, uh, the question goes out the door. I love this cover, and it's just one of those things where normally I think Catwoman is over-sexualized just to be sexualized. When I see Joel Jones draw her, I'm like, you know what? She knows how to draw that lady and make me excited to see what she's got up her sleeve. I don't know why it didn't sound like you were done, so I waited. There's a nice little pause there. Doomsday Clock 12 of 12, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank. This is it. The final showdown between Dr. Manhattan and Superman shakes up the DC Universe to its very core. But can even the Man of Steel walk out on the shadow of Manhattan? First, before I uh, throw this to Garrett and ask him two things. One, I did see, so I purchased uh, number 11 uh, when it came out. But I just never read it. I saw it was unread on my uh, phone here. Um, so I'm going to wait to read that because next week we're going to talk about Deuce Night Clock uh, in between our awards. And so I'm going to wait, read 11, 12, back to back. Second thing, looking at this cover, Superman. Uh, I see blood, but also it's not really that red. Uh, so it's censored in the cover. Do you think Superman's bleeding or is that somebody else's blood, Garrett? Uh, it looks like it's blue blood. Could be Dr. Manhattan's blood. What do you think about this book? Excited? Um, super excited. Um, I really think this has been a great run. Yes, it's taken two years to come out. We all know that. Uh, I'm going to try. I don't think I'll be able to do it. It's too much going on. But 11, I'm going to try and reread all of them before issue 12 oh, for this weekend. Just because like, I want to kind of get the whole story. Because like, I think uh, it's been great. It's just I forget so many things. It's just been very, very slow-paced. I would, I'm in the same boat with Marvin that I'm going to do the 11 to 12. I think that's going to be enough to remind me what's going on. Yeah. I that the week's too busy to do another. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't think I'll actually have time. So, but I'm very excited. Joker Killer Smile number two of three. Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, uh, Black Label Prestige Plus formats. Alex, what do you think of this uh, Joker Killer Smile? I love this cover. Hold on but, a second here. Like I look at this cover and it just looks spectacular. Do you want me to still continue to talk? Oh yeah, continue to talk. So uh, <laughs> you don't want to happen here, and I'm going to tell the audience so they don't think it's weird. You know, we did that ad beforehand. I somehow clicked to the ad, and it looked like it wasn't going at all, but it's going. 
It's been going. Mm. It was just another tap. So go ahead. That would really, really suck. I, I got it scared for a second because it, it was a minute 47. Pause that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we can go long, come longer than a minute. Uh-oh. <laughs> but it's all, it's all here. It's still going. Yeah, it's all going. <laughs> Alex, what do you think about this? Uh, excellent. You know what? Jeff Lemire, of course, the man knows how to write everything under the sun. Uh, Sorrentino art. You know what? That, that is a guy that when pen hits paper and he is focused on a book, it is spectacular. And when I say that, I mean fantastic. That I just I I okay to be fair I haven't even read the first issue because you guys told me it's so scary. <laughs> it is. It's pretty good. You do you have it? You just haven't read it. I have. I have it. I just haven't read it yet. Well, pick up that fucking book. book. I have been a lazy pile of shit. Same. I what have been playing different? a lot of Witcher. A lot of Witcher. Oh, Witcher three. Monsters need to be killed. You guys seen that trailer? Mm-mm. Looks pretty good. Netflix. Oh, with Henry Cavill. Yeah. 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 Good old Superman. By the way, actually. Speaking of which, before we get to the next book here, I watched a couple of clips from that uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I watched Tom Welling's clip. Garbage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because he's not Superman anymore? That's such... Yes. It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> so dumb. We've seen him be Superman with kids before, and there's no way that you go through 10 years of accepting your destiny, and then you're like, well, I have a kid. I better stop. I feel like a parent wants to be able to protect their children. That's worth more to him than being a god. Didn't you watch it? I did watch it, but that doesn't make any sense. Why does he's why is giving up his powers good for his children? So now he can't protect them? So that Lex Luthor was gonna kill him until he realized he wasn't worth it anymore. If he was Superman, he would just flick Lex Luthor away and go boo. What if he accidentally one day his foot was out and the kid tripped over it and the kid fucking disintegrated? <laughs> you know. It's a big one shot. Or maybe his kid uh, says, Dad, uh, I got my leg stuck in this rock here. Can you help me up? And he rips out his leg. You got to yeah. think about these things. Garbage. Anyways, Lolo Woods, number one of six. Uh, Carmen, Maria, Machado, and Danny. That's all it says for the artist, Danny. Uh, Shudder to think PA has been on fire for years. The coal mines beneath it are long since abandoned. The woods are full of rabbits with human eyes. The dear woman who stalks hungry girls and swarths of skinless men and the people in Shudder to think, well, they're not doing so well either. When Elle and Octavia wake up in a movie theater with no memory of the last few hours of their lives, the two teenage dirtbags begin a surreal and terrifying journey to discover the truth about the strange town that they now call home. There you go. Nice little horror book in December. That's what we're looking for. Uh, Suicide Squad number one, Tom Taylor, Bruno Raidando, Ivan Rice. On the cover. Uh, Task Form X, nicknamed the Suicide Squad, unites with some of the DCU's unlikely villains for its bloodiest series yet. So who do we got in here? We got Harley Quinn, it looks like here. We got Deadshot. Um, who Is that else? Magpie in the back? Possibly King Shark, I see. Zebra mm. Man? I don't know. Anyway, there you go. Tom Taylor. You know, what do you think about that, Gary? You, you get that? I'm 100% getting it. Oh, okay. So, been he, waiting for this run. Tom Taylor's, it means enough to you to get that book. Yeah. I mean, especially like deceased sequels coming out too. Like totally going to get that as well. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, number one. This is a black label book. One of four. Daniel Warren Johnson. I believe Daniel Warren Johnson's writing that other book too. The, uh, fuck, what's it called? That other fantasy kind of book. Last God. Yeah, that's it. 
the celebrated creator of I could just go to Shredder here. Uh, <laughs> the celebrated uh, creator of Murder Falcon in Extremity and the artist of the Ghost Fleet, Daniel Warren Johnson, brings bold sci-fi chops to his DC debut with harrowing visions of Wonder Woman. Unlike anything you've seen before, Princess Diana Themyscira left Paradise to save man's world from itself. When Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman awakens from century-long sleep to discover the Earth's reduced to a nuclear wasteland, she knows she has failed. Trapped alone in a grim future, Diana must protect the last human city from titanic monsters while uncovering its secrets from this dead Earth and how she may be responsible for it. I'll tell you what, guys. I'm in. I'm fucking in. So... The Black Label books have been good in general. I think there's only one of them that I really didn't like. Uh, Last God is, is actually written one? by Philip Kennedy Johnson. Oh, both two Johnsons, right? Marvel Comics. Amazing Spider-Man number 36, 2099. Nick Spencer, Oscar Barzuldia. What do we think here, Alex? I, I am so far behind on Amazing Spider-Man. So oh, still, okay. I'm uh, a little no, farther than you. I got through the first issue with Gleason on it. Uh, is Gleason not doing the book anymore? Is he just put his name on it one time? Is like, yeah, that paid the bills. He shouldn't be the regular artist. Well, not anymore. Apparently, we got another artist on this book. Well, it's going to be rotating. I, Ryan Otley didn't do every single issue in a row. Yeah, but you know what? If you're going to make your debut, uh, he did at, an at arc probably. Now he's taking a break. I, I don't think so. I think he did like an issue. Hey, everybody, I work here now. Great. <laughs> I like I like Spider Man just fine. I just if you're going to be on the book, be on the book. Jesus, I almost threw up. Um, <laughs> Batman number 19. I'm, I'm serious. I almost threw up. I don't know why. It just all of a sudden happened. Uh, I had some chicken nuggets. I think it's chicken nuggets. think it's poison? From where? Wendy's. That's why I do. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wendy's chicken nuggets are the best chicken nuggets, fast food-wise. Mm. You know what's good chicken tenders, though? Culver's. Culver's yeah. does. They're buffalo Culver's chicken good. strips. Oh, fuck, fuck yeah. Dude. Black Panther number 18. I think both of you are not getting this book anymore, but oh, I am. No. Tanisha Coates, Ryan uh, Botterman. The final arc. Oh, guys, the final arc. You're living off right now? Yep. Wow. The final arc. So I'm uh, going to check out what, how that shit's going to end. So That's been like the last 10 issues of the final arc. Nah, this is the last thing. I it do is. think this cover looks cool. Daredevil number 15 by Chip Sadorsky and Francisco Mobile in Marco Chitito. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? I am. I love Through this Hell Part 5. Boom. Been there. Done that. When I teamed up with Lutch last time, we kicked some ass. Kicked some ass. Sorry, I got a little deep breath in there that needed to be taken. Uh, I am at least three issues behind on Daredevil. Like I told you guys, Witcher has taken over my life. Monsters need it's to be... not even that good a game. Fuck you. The game is amazing. <laughs> the Witcher's good. I mean, I played it. It's too complicated. Too much going on. There's a lot to do, and it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I kind of stopped, too, but... I thought it was good, though. I liked it one way. When you are a master tactician in this, killing that's, monsters. That's the game for this guy, though, because yeah. there's so much to do, and Alex likes to be the, the completionist. But the tutorials suck. They're like, hey, here's 13 spells and seven different combos. Okay, you get you get told about them, but you don't actually get shown them, and then fight. Figure it do out. Do spells. I'll admit, the tutorial when you're on Caremoran sucks. Uh, yeah, it's like, how the fuck do you play this game? But then once you get out there and you have to fight the dead lady in the, do- the well... Fuck yeah. It's spectacular. Did you get that far? I did. I got to the griffin or whatever. Or is that after? No, it's before. Okay. The, gri- the lady is before because you need to level up to the griffin. Oh, yeah. The griffin's like two hours since I, the game. I fought the griffin and I was like, yeah, this is boring. I'm out. It's, two hours, it's like two hours since the game, isn't it? Holy shit. I love... Man. 
All right, Fall Angels number four. This is Brian Edward Hill and Simon Karensky. Gary, did you ever pick this up? I did. I'm not. I haven't even read issue one. Alex, you liked issue one, right? I liked issue one. Haven't read issue two. All right. Well, I dropped that. It's not my thing. So, Invaders number twelve. Chip Sorarski, Carlos Mengo, and Butch Geist. It all ends here. Can Namor be redeemed as the world drowns and with a spear curse the invaders and remake the world in their image pump for this alex what do you think i am i'm excited it's i've never actually been on an invaders book long enough to enjoy it enough to get this character development uh but when i see the four best friends there ever have been on this cover holding hands singing kumbaya and they're above the earth they're above the earth they're above they are gods on this world uh, i'm excited for this it's fun to see how it's going to wrap up and is it actually going to lend itself to other books or is this going to be a nice self-contained story because I know they've talked about, in other books, uh, the drowning of a city. So we'll see. I mean, I, like, I'm just excited what the repercussions can be for this book. Name our book. He can hold his own book. So. I th- he probably Human could. Torch. No. No. Invaders, round two. King Thor, number four, four. Speaking of gods, Jason, Aaron, and more artists. But S.I. Gruba is the uh, main artist in this book. Looks like there's some backups. Oh, yeah, plus a who-who's from Pastor Collaborators and a few guests, surprise guests to help close out the story in Thunderous Style, the final chapter of the year-spanning award-winning saga. That is King Thor number 404. So. Haven't even caught up, read the first w- issue. Meh. I'm getting it just to wrap up the saga that is Thor, but I don't I know if I care the, anymore. I haven't read any of the issues yet. I read any of them either. I think I started... W- no, no, I didn't. All right. New Mutants number 404. Excuse me. <laughs> I got that was the last one. Four or four. New Mutants four. Uh, Ed Brisson, Marco Falia. I have a feeling that Jonathan Hickman just helped him start this book, but now this is an Ed Brisson book. I saw a solicit that Jonathan Hickman's going to be the only writer starting in January. Oh, maybe they're on and off then. Yeah. They both started together. Right. Now they're on and off. Okay, well, there you go. What you, Alex, what do you think of this book? Uh, Garrett, I mean, Garrett. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of issue one, and I almost dropped this. But I saw that Hickman's going to continue to write it, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll keep going on it. I just, I don't know, I don't like them going to space. Like, I just space, don't space, enjoy space. that storyline part of it. So. Space, space. I'd rather learn about the characters, but they don't really give you like a who's who. Revenge. I like it. Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider number one of five, London Mini by Dennis uh, Hopeless Halim. Oh, he changed his last name. Uh, Donnie Cates. I mean, that was his last name. He just went by Hopeless. Uh, Donnie Cates, Jeff Shaw, and Scott Hepburn. So it's, it looks like it's a Cosmic Ghost Rider kind of uh, anthology. There's a brand new short story from Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw, which made me excited, but then the first main part of it is not them. So. But, I mean, if you like that character, there's a book for you. I'm getting it. I love the first volume. Spider-Man, number three of five. This is J.J. Abrams, Henry Abrams, Sarah Pacelli, and Olivia Coupel on the cover. Uh, you guys both get this, right? Mm-mm. Not anymore? Alex? I do. What do you think? Uh, issue one, spectacular. Issue two, eh, kind of a a sellout book for me. But I'm going to get this whole whole run. Five issue run, so I can do it. Uh, I'm hoping to stay. What's better, this or life story? Oof. By first issue, this. But we'll have to see what this book has. In. I, I just. Speaking of, I'm not sure. I don't know. Is Speaking of JJ, I forgot Star Wars coming out this week. 
I don't know. I'm excited. I haven't even got tickets. Sucks to suck. I'm going Thursday. I'll probably go see it uh, eventually. Yeah, just like every other blockbuster <laughs> in the last six months. <laughs> I the last movie I was thinking about this. Last movie I saw in theaters, I think it was Endgame. Really? Yeah. The second time we saw it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's a long time. And Alex, we know Alex is going. This, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's real true. X Force number four. What time are you going? Seven thirty. Sucks. So. Ben Percy. But I'm not even gonna be there. Not like you could spoil it. Josiah Casera. I'm gonna walk out. You guys caught up with X Force? No. No. Okay, <laughs> if it's X Men, I have yeah, I'm twelve issues behind. Hey, uh, Alex, while I pull up the next book here, I did see that um, no turtles this week. Take a week off before the big hundred. Hundred already came out. Oh. Hundred came out. Um, oh, that's yeah, right. Last, last week. Did you read it? Uh huh. Was it great? It was good. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. It was good. It was bad. Let me ask you a question. Spoilers for the next 10 seconds. Did he come back? Yes. Oh, okay. Did he come back cool? I'll, I want to I tell it you. It was bad. No, 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 like, it was, I want to tell you guys, but I don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't read 100 yet. Uh, Klaus. This is from Boom Studios. Klaus, Life and Times of Joe Christmas, number one. Grant Morrison, Dan Mora. In the tradition of Grant Morrison's 2001 new X-Men annual, Boom Studio presents a widescreen comic that catalogs the life and times of one Joe Christmas. Abandoned as a baby, Joe Christmas is taken in by Claus. Uh, in the holiday calendar-inspired comic experience, 25 all-new short stories of Claus teaming up with Christmas Joe Christmas over the years. Actually, that sounds pretty fucking badass. There we so go. Excited. Nice cover. Widescreen. It's like a... It's like a a calendar, Alex, for yeah. your 25 stories about them. I want to look at it. Wide. Show it to me. Oh, I see. Oh, they got a preview. Let me check out the preview here. No wonder I'm confused. Oh, good. Oh, that cover's cool. Hey, look at that werewolf on the cover. And Krampus. Oh, the preview shows a bunch of alternate covers. That's good. Once in feature number five of six, Karen Gillan and Dan Mora. Speaking of Dan Mora, he's, there we go. Uh, Alex, you still reading this? Excellent. 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 I love this book. Uh, I'm disappointed that it's only a six-issue run. I hope they do more stuff with this. I mean, I guess we gotta find out how it ends. But find out how it ends. Good. It sounds pretty good, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read that book. I'm gonna catch up on. It. Looks good. Dan Mora, <laughs> fantastic yeah. always, always. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I saw in there, right? Yep. Yeah. Forty six. I skipped past it. Maybe? I don't know. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number uh, forty six. That is uh, Ryan Parrot. Oh fuck! I skipped. I went past it again. That's cool. Uh. It's it's really good right now. I mean, we're dealing with the Omega Rangers, and uh, I didn't read the last issue, so I don't know what happened to Lord Zed and Jason. Are you caught up? Nope. Nope. I'm behind. But Nestor Eagle, the all-new Omega Rangers discover shocking betrayal from one of their own as Safe Haven turns to a Ranger versus Ranger battleground. Not everyone will make it out alive. Jason, uh, coming off the last issue where Jason died. I'm just kidding. That was an What do you think? Mighty Literally just said, I haven't read the last <laughs> God. I was looking at it to see if he lied. He lied. Uh, what do you guys think? What's your pick this week, Garrett? Shit, there's a lot coming out. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Doomsday Clock number 12. Super excited. Alex? I am going to go with Klaus number one. Well, I'm going to call it number one. But Klaus and the... Times of Joe Christmas. Yes, that one. I'm going to go Killer Smile number two or three. Mm-hmm. Jeff Lemire and Andreo. So, no, Alex... Let me ask you a question. This weather outside, it's frightful. It is frightful. Uh, it's not delightful. Been a little cold. A little snow came down, and that was it. Not that much, about inch, maybe. A little less than that. 
looking at the forecast for the next uh, 10 days here. Looks like we have some okay weather for this time of year. Um, getting close to Christmas and still no snow in the forecast. Is that going to hold true? Oh, you know, I didn't even know there was snow coming today. That so, wasn't snow. That was like flurries. A little dusting. But you know what? I didn't even know it was coming today. And I even looked outside. And I didn't see it coming. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm. So I don't know. How, how many... are your wheels today? You go wheels down today? Of course. Of course. Yeah, slips and sliding. I put that bitch right into drive and we went. Mm. Uh, but when, instead of taking the regular way here, I went to another street up just so I wouldn't slip and slide on that. I was dam. able to get up that hill. I can make it, but I thought let I'm me gonna, ask you a question, Bastrello, yeah. about this car of yours. You said it's a Dodge Charger. You know it. 2014. Nope, 2012. 2012, the apocalypse. Um, do you guys think actually the apocalypse happened and we're in a fever dream right now? No, no. It was if, if it happened, it wasn't very painful. Mm-mm. No, this. You know how in your mind, time seems infinite. So the one second before we all died, that's where we're living right now. Then eventually we'll wake up one day. And then so die. we're one minute to midnight is what you're Anyways. Did you guys watch Love, Sex, and Robots or Love, Death, and Robots? I watched the first uh, one. I heard it's good, though. And then yeah. I forgot about it until you just mentioned it. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is there's a thing where the a story, what if we're dreaming? And I get I get what you're saying. Uh, when I come out of that dream and the monster on the other side of me is like, ah, go back to sleep. I'm going to say, fuck you. Your ass is crass. <laughs> you ever seen The Matrix? That's a movie. Same thing. Uh, fourth one. I was gonna say, Alex, your Dodge Charger 2012, the mine edition. Uh, I don't know anything about cars. Is there a chance you could turn the thing into a Jeep? No. Can you make it four wheel drive? They actually make chargers that are four wheel drive. Well, swap it out. No. <laughs> Yours is pretty cool. No. Uh, you just turn the stability track off and gun that bad boy until you're ready to roll. What's a car that our coworker has? Looks like that. Challenger. Challenger. Oh, she's got the the two door, the Dom Toretto, the family car. Which one's faster? Depends on the year. Depends on the horsepower. Oh, hers race? is hers got. I'm pretty sure they got the turbo kit in it. You want to so. race for pinks? She's gonna hate it when I win, <laughs> but sure. Ah, uh, it's pretty fast. Her <laughs> Challenger's pretty fast. We talking about in the snow? Because it'll be a problem for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> First day of spring. <laughs> there we go. The comics for uh, 12, 18, 2019. Pick them up at your local comic shop or online anytime, wherever you get your comic books. Uh, a lot of choices this time of year. Not this time of year. I meant this 2019. This day. 2020 coming up. You know what they call 2020, right? Next year. Clear your vision, baby. Oh. <laughs> say the future. You guys ever watch 2020? Diane Sawyer. Yep. Not in the 90s, yeah. Barbara Walters. ABC. What was the guy's name? Like John Stone or Johnson? Is that what you meant? Who was the one who was in the big controversy? St- well, you mean uh, Dan? Yeah, Dan rather. But that was yeah. CBS. Oh, was CBS Evening News. Mm. You guys want to know a secret about me and the news in high school? Watched all the news. It was my, one of my favorite things to do was watch the news. You saw CBS Evening News, Twenty Twenty, Nightline. That's how excited I was. Or exciting I was. How how old you were as a child. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever seen Ben Button? That's me. Glasses on, hair all white, and then now I'm young. Is that how it works? Oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Starts out old, gets younger. 
This week, we are going to uh, continue our 2019 awards with the best top five writers of 2019 and top five artists of 2019. And uh, we'll start with the artist. Uh, top five artists of 2019, Alex Pastrello, your number five artist of the year. What are we thinking about? So my my number five is going to be Riley Rosmo, the mm-hmm. artist from Martian Manhunter. Uh, and part of it is I blew by this the whole time. And I was actually looking at my online uh, subscription. I was like, you know what? I do love me some Riley Rosmo. I love the, the his characters just. They all do kind of have the same facial structure from even book to book to book, uh, but it's that that little extra character characterization that he does. I mean, they all have that like this this book specifically. The detective has like that '90s or '80s haircut, which just stands straight up and it never loses its build. Um, and when you watch Martian Manhunter and his wife uh, procreating. And that smudging and all that, what do you call the, uh, what do they call it? The melding of the minds. Yes, the melding together. Melting, sorry, melting. Mind melt. Melt, yeah. M-E-L-D, right? Melding. T. Melting. Like fondue. Melting? Yes. Gross. Yeah, they're melting. When two minds become one. I thought they'd be melding together, not melting together. It's like your ice cream coming together. That's disgusting. Anyway, uh, Riley Rossman is my number five. Question about the Riley. Yes. When was that Batman monster series? Was that the year before? That was like, for, that was like the second arc of Tom King's Batman run. Was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the monster, the thing overnight? Yeah. Yeah, that was like that was part of Batman? issue 14. Mm-hmm. No, oh, you're right. Second arc. Was like well, it was in Batman, Nightwing. Detective. And, Detective. and Riley did some work for that. Everyone. Yes. He did all the art for it. Oh, okay. That was in Batman? Fuck, I thought that was a separate thing we got. Nope. Night of the Monsters, was that what it's called? I believe so. All right. Garrett, number five. Man, that was a long time ago. I'm going with Andrea Sorrentino um, from Gideon Falls and some other one-shots we've gotten throughout. Uh, what was the event, the Marvel event that just happened recently? Secret Empire. That was it? Yeah. There was another one where she, where he did a couple pages. That was Yeah, Secret Empire. But that wasn't this year. No. No. He didn't what? do anything this year for them. He did something where he did a couple panels for a book. I can't remember which one. Probably that. Um, it wasn't Dead Man Logan. There was some big book that he did a couple panels for. Dead Man Logan. No. No. I don't remember. Anyways, Gideon Old Falls. Logan. No. Killer, uh, Joker Killer Smile is on. He's on that. That's true. That's one. But there was another one where he had just a couple. I I it was like an annual or a holiday special or something. Um, Might have been one of the X-Men books. No, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it was Leviathan Rising. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. That's that Marvel. No wonder we don't know it. was know DC, it. yeah. No wonder we don't know it. Um, uh, I, I thought think he did a couple of pages in there. I don't think so. I it was Greg Rucka did a couple of pages. I don't remember. There was a book he did a couple of pages in. Um, but anyways, for Gideon Falls. Old Man Logan. No. That was, he did the first Old Man Logan volume. <laughs> um, but great art. Um, very detailed like and very, uh, how would you say it? Not like extravagant. It is extravagant arts, but very but it's uh, abstract almost. I mean, abstract. It's, 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 That's it's, a good word for it. It's just like it. He doesn't draw in the way that your eye would follow like a page normally. He does it like so much detail and everything is all over the place. But it makes sense and looks great. So yeah, I'm um, looking at his uh, uh, bibliography, and I think I found the book you're talking about. What is it? Old Man Logan. No, it's not. <laughs> 
Uh, he did the World of Black Hammer Exocyclopedia. Is that that? Oh, that might have been what it was. I don't no. see anything else he did. No. Gideon Falls, Secret Wars, Old Man Logan, Gideon Falls, Gotham by Midnight, I Vampire. Yeah, I don't remember nope. anything. <laughs> Anyways, my number five, the man, uh, <sighs> R.I.P. I mean, he's not dead, but rest in peace from uh, the Hulk book, Joe Bennett. Joe Bennett, uh, no longer in the Hulk book, but uh, what he did with it uh, was great. It actually was one of the biggest surprises for me was that book in general, uh, but also his art on it I thought was fantastic. Probably the best part of that book because I know there was a couple of issues where he wasn't on it, and I'm right, I liked those way less than I did with him on it. So. so one random question. Did you guys get number 28? Yeah. I have a name. Okay. I, I chose not to get it because I thought I'm dropping the book anyway. He's not on it. You're dropping Hulk? Yeah, the whole reason for getting that, I know that I'm not going to care after Joe Bidon's done. Oh. And after Joey being 25, B. I was like, you know what? Joey B. You boys, can, you, guys, you boys can tell me about it if you guys talk about it on the show. I think he did a good job of making the Hulk not... The thing that the Hulk... And that I, I'm not saying I'm not, I don't like, but I, I found out this year that I enjoy more when he's actually depicted as a monster and he's not really the uh, nicest to look at. Um, he's a little ugly in that book. Because if you just were strong and you still kind of look like yourself uh, and you can control your body, is it really that bad? But when you're actually a monster and people uh, don't want to even be associated with you, maybe then you can get into more of the nuances. Like we learned in this book about him not wanting to be the Hulk, the Hulk being a scary kind of monster and the, being scared of what the Hulk can do. I think really Joe Bennett's art was uh, a good chunk of why that book was great. So And... Coloring-wise, I don't know who colored that book, but it also fantastic. So. Yeah, the greens and purples look great. Alex, numero cuatro. So this is actually a local guy that uh, put out three issues this year. You may know him from uh, Robot Dance Club, at least if you live in Sioux Falls. I chose uh, Mikey Martinez, otherwise Mikey Martinez, sorry, otherwise known as Campo Genie. Uh, I actually read number three today. The colors are excellent because he does his own. Uh, he does his own colors for this book. Hollow, if you haven't seen him yet, is an amazing holographic uh, disco ball robot. I uh, all I can ever say is praise for what this man does. That guy gets zero sleep every night. I I assume so. All he does is draw, and he's a great artist. And the other uh, shout out for him would be he's actually working on a TMNT blank cover. Uh, cover for me and what i've seen of it is exquisite and i am so grateful for all the work he does and especially for uh the publishing company that he works with uh empire no yeah empire, empire Comic Comics press. press i i'm so excited to see what they put out for us and especially with mikey at the uh, artist helm i oof, it's amazing yeah they're gonna have a great year um, my number four is Sean Phillips from Criminal. Um, you know, if there's one book we've been getting on a consistent basis, that'd be Criminal. Um, and I think, you know, starting with um, A Killer Be Killed, um, you know, I read some fade out during the time that you're reading Killer Be Killed into um, what is now Criminal. Um, love the art. Uh, it's just so, it definitely just reads like a noir book. And like you got like heavy shadows and lots of detail, and you can actually see people's expressions on their face when you like 
can tell that they're going to come back and fuck you over or like you can tell they have something else on their mind uh, other than what you guys are talking about. So uh, I think Sean Phillips is a great artist and I can't wait to keep reading more and seeing more of his art. Um, now Alex can make us both look like assholes. Putting Mike in on that list. I know. This is my Mike Martinez list. Motherfucker. He's he's the best artist of 2019. I couldn't even pick up a spot of him. He's got all of them. Um, he did good. Marky Martinez, he knows from listening to the show, he's one of yeah. my favorite artists. So, uh, Wesley Craig, oh. I thought, um, even though Deadly Class took a hit on the story when he, uh, he recommender was working on the show, this year was really a renaissance of that book coming back and, uh, showcasing what it's always done. And, but the art has always been fantastic. It's never missed, uh, a, a step. A beat. I even remember the uh, Mexico issues, the uh, shootout when they finally find them. I remember that art when that series or in that uh, arc was excellent also well. But the, especially this year, just getting back into the book, it just feels nice that I feel like uh, the book feels like it needs to. And uh, I'm really excited to read every issue when it comes out. And a huge part of it is, a huge part of it why I suck with that book is Wes Craig. And I think uh, he deserved to be in this list, especially this year. So. The man, if you want to, if you want to hear the word, if anybody is out there, Mike Martinez, I'm going to talk to him directly now because now we know he's listening. If you ever want to see art that is uh, chaotic, chaotic, and also like action packed, like how to tell action in a story, Wesley Craig art. There you go. Alex, new more. Oh, tres, tres. So my third one is a artist that actually hasn't put out a lot of stuff this year, um, but does fall into the qualifications of at least three issues have come out. And he's got a special one coming out this week for us. Dan Mora is my number three. Uh, actually, I guess Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he started off on, uh, dropped that book after he came off it, because guess yeah. what? That book really did lose its steam for me. Right. Uh, he did Power Go-Go for a while, but I think he was off by the time 2019 had started. Yep. But we're getting Klaus this week, or Klaus, however you want to say it. He's doing Once in Future, which is the uh, King Arth- Arthurian story. Uh, it does all sorts of covers from time to time. I just I can't get enough of that artwork, mm-hmm. and especially depending on which book it is, how how realistic or caricature it's supposed to be. Because when he did Buffy, uh, all those characters looked like the actors who played them, yeah. which even added more to the nostalgic feel that we had and the excitement to read that book. Uh, and then you get into even the Once in Future, and it's just the in depth quality that he puts into everything he does which is exciting especially now we're going to go into this next book coming out this week where it's going to be what 25 anthology anthological anthology like pages which makes me really excited only 25 pages maybe maybe it's 25 days or something i don't remember what it was yeah it's like a calendar i think maybe that's it so uh dan mora uh keep up the great work because i want to see more of you i want to see just what else he can do right yeah, he is really great at making like realism into your like nostalgia. So everyone's like faces match what they look like, like as the actors do, and it's just incredible. Um, my number three is Rob Guillory from Farmhand. Um, this book blew me out of the water. I've never read two. Uh, Marvin bought me issue one a long time ago, and I read that, and it was good. But I had never seen his art before, and saw Farmhand was coming out. I was like, all right, I'll try it, and was hooked from issue one. Um, 
he's also a great storyteller and but i think a lot of the story is told through the art um and there's so many cool ways that you can kind of explain this universe from images where there's plants with fingers growing off them there's a tree where feet are growing out of it i mean there's just anything and everything that you could think of that's kind of macabre but like there's funny moments there's dark moments there's scary moments it's uh, what a great artist and makes me want to go back and read Chew because the art is just fantastic. Chew is awesome. Uh, number three, Sean Phillips. Uh, him along with his son, Jacob Phillips. Uh, Sean Phillips has been fantastic. Uh, last year with Killer Be Killed, this year with um, the rebirth of Criminal, and then upcoming with uh, Fade Out 2. I just assume. Class. Uh, but uh, if there's one thing about that uh, criminal book that I love is the uh, style of it. And at first, when it first started back up, I didn't know what to think of uh, Jake Phillips' colors, but I believe uh, now it is back to where it used to be. But if there's one book that I could say that when I read it, that not only does it set the tone perfectly, I think in terms of storytelling, it's clean. It's uh, efficient in a way. Uh, it doesn't do too, too, too many things too fancy. And it's very clear-cut storytelling. And uh, it's just very refreshing to see somebody not trying to be super crazy with the comic uh, and just doing something very, very well. So that's Sean Phillips. Numero tres. Cuatro. Two. Number two. Uh, my number two is actually Rob Guillory nice. from Farmhand. I... I had to run the risk. I was going to have Wes Craig on my list. I was like, you know what? Yeah, he did a, re- a very good job, a great job uh, bringing Deadly Class back. But Farmhand has been a nonstop fun book. Uh, and actually, since the second arc happened, this book has been top tier with one other book that I love even more. Um I, I just can't get enough of this. And if, if for the fact that when you do the writing and you do the art, which there's actually been a lot more of that going on in the comic book world than I realized. But this this book is phenomenal. And the art just adds to that that nuance of storytelling. And like Garrett just told you that you get to see a foot on a tree. You get to see the heart. You get to see even just the black pages when, uh, oh, what's his name, Jed? Yep. Is it Je- Jedediah? Mm-hmm. When he gives the word to the organ to do its job and it just blacks out. I mean, right there, that that lack of art is enough to make me go, holy shit, what a good story you're telling. Right. Um, my number two is Dustin Wynn from Ascender. Um, right, Marvin? Super good. Um I mean, one of the guys, like only artists in the business that does watercolors, I mean, there are still some that do it, but uh, I don't think that a lot of them do it as well as Dustin Wynn does. Um, kind of crazy to think that a sci-fi book uh, is, is drawn with watercolors because you would think that'd be more like scenic landscapes. Or, fantasy. It's a fantasy book. Fantasy. So, I mean, you're it's right. science fiction. It's fantasy. It's got robots. What? Spoilers. Yeah. It's all science fiction. Star Wars has robots. It's fantasy. Science fiction. No. Yes, it is. How about science fantasy? How is it just straight fantasy? Because it takes place in the past, a long, long time ago. This is the but future. But there's an advance. So it doesn't have to be in the future to dragons. be sci-fi. Nah, I think it does. Anyway, no, it we're, not, we're not here to correct. It's not science just, future. I thought, science it was, fiction. I thought it was fantasy, but it could be right. science fiction. But uh, really, I mean, for doing watercolors, really crisp lines um, and just fantastic scenery and uh, for a great book. Like there's a lot of characters that 
do have different faces and you can see their their exclamations on their faces um you can even see uh emotions while we haven't yet out of robots well i guess like uh, uh what's, the, what's the dog's name bandit yeah bandit, bandit. so dustin wins a great artist yeah, he really has mastered the the watercolors and when I, we read what issue six or seven which seven everyone had the, the were whales uh one of the most frightening scenes I've seen, frightening panels I've seen in a long time. Uh, excellent job. It was amazing. Uh, mine number two before we get there. Science fiction is based on imagined future scientific or technologically advanced or major social or environmental changes. Was that the Wikipedia definition? Uh, that's dictionary.com. Oh, Jeez. reliable source. Mine number two, Sean Murphy from uh, Batman uh, Curse of the White Knight. Uh, fantastic work. I think. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that uh, I can't tell yet because it's not over. But uh, one of my favorite, it might be one of my favorite sequences in comics in recent time. But uh, Sean Murphy and Curse of the White Knight, the uh, shootout, and then the aftermath of the shootout, uh, drawn excellently, told excellently. Uh, the man has a style that is unlike anything you'll see. It's a style that is unique to him. When you see, you know, that Sean Murphy. But it also has a way of uh, making the uh, cu- uh, cu- characters. I was it customers. Characters seem very human, even though it's not really a realistic style. If you were to look at it, you'd be like, "This look kind of looks like very animated, like a cartoon." It might even looks closer to the Batman animated series than it does the Batman actual films. But it still will get you, and especially that sequence I'm talking about. Uh, it still has a very human quality to it, and uh, fantastic. Plus. Cars look cool, so mm-hmm. very That's cool. Cars. That's true. Nice action too. I like the way he does explosions. Sean Murphy, well, he does like a pe- uh, colored pencil kind of style. Yeah, it's like very scratchy, but it's still very, in a way, it's gonna sound weird. It's very scratchy but clean. If that makes sense. Very detailed, crisp lines. Yeah. Alex. So Uno? my number one is Jorge Corona, the artist from Middle West. Oh. Uh, I've said it far too many times this year. That is one of the the strongest looking books for me, uh, both stylistically, coloring is spectacular, uh, and all along it builds the story so well, uh, giving me the chance to see what this folk tale slash uh, science fiction slash fantasy slash just adventure story can be. Uh, and honestly, the only character that always pops in my head is just Fox. I mean, simple, simple shapes. This character is amazing, and uh, I, I, I implore everyone to re- at least, if nothing else, look at the artistry on this book. Yeah, it has a very Jeff Shaw, like I wouldn't say Dan Mora as type, but very. He's got a good combination. Right. You're right. It's I very mean, appealing to the eye. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an inviting book, an inviting color palette. It's, it's spectacular. Um, my number one is Sean Murphy as well. Um, I always just think back to uh, White Knight Volume 1, Issue 1, when you look at the Joker kneeling in a cell and there's all those Batman things in one panel. It's nuts. But especially for uh, Curse of the White Knight, I mean, starting out with like the scene where uh, the old Wayne, I can't think of his name, Baron Von Wayne or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember what he's uh, called. I, is like going after the Joker, the Mad, Laufey. yeah, Laufey, the vampire or whatnot. So cool. 
Um, but when you just get in this universe, there's just so many Easter eggs, details, um, crisp lines, cool colors. I mean, everything about this book is just epic and very sharp. And it, it reminds me a lot of like the Burton verse, if the Burton verse was 20 years in the future. So, uh, definitely Sean Murphy is one of the greatest artists out there and it's cool that he controls everything that goes on in then uh, the white Knight series. My number one is somebody who's the, did two books this year, uh, that every time I read it, uh, I'm blown away by what he does. By the way, I was gonna put Joel Jones in here, but I feel like she was gone for a long time in that Catwoman book. But I want to give her a shout out. She was good, and she was on my my thought list, but didn't make the cut this yeah, year. I think she was, she was gone for like a good six issues. Yeah, at least More? four to five. Uh, anyways, Andrea Andrea Sorrentino, uh, Gideon Falls, fantastic. Uh, it really gives you makes you feel like you're part of that world. Uh, it really builds out the world. Also, the ambiguity of what you're actually seeing really adds to the uh, horror factor of that book. Uh, and I like that it's changed from like a horror book to kind of thriller. And then there was that time when we go to the dimension that's kind of ancient and it still aesthetically feels like the same book, but also uh, changes a little bit. And then we have Joker Killer Smile, which he also did this year, which was, I thought, uh, a masterclass of artwork and, and pushes what you can do in a comic book. So when I saw killer smile like that's something you're like that can't be on a movie that can't be a tv show that can't be anything but a comic book uh because the way it's drawn and that was a uh, uh killer smile so andrea sorrentino my number one of the year it's a lot of stuff to pick from uh, i went with so hey i thought he was on, was he on dead man logan <laughs> uh i'll start with the writers first my number five um is uh, Sean Murphy for uh, Curse of the White Knight. Um, like we were saying uh, before, prior, uh, everything that he does with the book, it's his own world, but also it's not too self-indulgent. Uh, he likes to uh, kind of... doesn't throw everything at you, throws enough at you so that each issue feels like it's fulfilling, but it also doesn't feel like it's just a batch, bunch of Batman... Um, Easter eggs for the second uh, for the sake of Easter eggs it does feel like uh, a great story. And when they announced the sequel, I remember even thinking, being like, "Ah, leave it alone." Like that one was good, but two is fantastic. I like the way that they uh, he revamped Azrael. I actually like that they're kind of mercenaries that believe in the uh, Saint Dumas, um, and might be a little. I mean, he's still crazy uh, in the head, but I think I feel like that Azrael is more threatening than the actual guy. Um, and just fantastic. It's been what three, four issues? Five. five. Well, five issues. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like three or four. The last of shit. I mean, it's really uh fantastic, and uh, I hope that it continues. And if it doesn't, I hope Sean definitely goes on the route of just continue writing and drawing his own stuff. So fantastic, Sean Murphy. It's going to me, Alex. Or Alex next. Me. Okay. Uh, my number five is actually Jonathan Hickman. Uh, normally I would put him higher on the list for East of West and all the X-Men things, but my only concern is that, one, his Powers of X and House of X, two of the best books, as you have heard last week on the show, that both Garrett and uh, Marvin had told you, 12 issues of pure gold. My only concern now, he's still on my list because those are so good, 
but I also have a feeling that New Mutants and X-Men themselves are going to be um, promissory notes that I'm expecting to be spectacular, and it's cash and checks that I, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. The body, I don't know, can cash that quite yet. Um, but in all honesty, we're, we're ending East of West this two weeks from now. 45 issues of who knows what the hell is going on anymore in a book. And we are, we are getting mutants that I think the, the stakes have been risen, the story has been built, and it's all Jonathan Hickman taking two years off from writing his own stuff, like Black Money Murders or Frontier or anything else I could possibly Frontier's name. Frontier's never coming I out. know, but I'm still going to say it as often as I can on the show. Uh, but Jonathan Hickman has, has nailed it at least the first 12 issues for me in the X-Men universe, and that is why he needs to be recognized on my top five. Boom. Uh, my number five is Greg Rucka. Um, you know, Lazarus uh, Rising or Risen. Risen. Lazarus Risen and the Lois Lane series. Um, if there's one thing Greg Rucka is great at, it's writing uh, stories um, about female heroines. Um, you know, Forever and Lois Lane. Um, he made Lois Lane have a purpose in the DC universe again. It's been a long time. She was just a mom for the last couple of years and really have a big part to play in storylines going on with Superman. And then, I mean, the complicated story of Lazarus. It's so compelling. Um, there's so many layers. Like just recently, this last issue, we got a big reveal about uh, Forever's mom. Um the entire line, which we talked around a previous episode. So if you're jumping ahead two episodes, it's your fault. Um, <laughs> well, maybe they don't listen to that part of the show because they don't read the book. Whoops. Spoilers. <laughs> well, as soon as I said the Greg Rucka, boom. Um, but just what a great story. It's really cool. And you can read the first volume of a series and you get to the second volume and it doesn't skip a beat, even though it does take a lot of time between each issue. But, you know, you just get so much content and, yeah, the essays, the short stories, all of it is just, wow, way to create a cool universe and keep the storytelling on point. My number four was uh, Alex's number five, Jonathan Hickman. Uh, his X-Men stuff was fantastic. Uh, really got me excited for uh, the X-Men line and see where that's going. Got me into that. And then I uh, the first few issues of X-Men and New Mutants I really enjoyed, so... Looking forward to seeing what he does in 2020. And hopefully one of those things is Black Money Murders. You hear me? All right. What was the last issue we got? Eight? You know what Jonathan Hickman does fantastic? Five. And I just want to... Six. He reminded me why I love him so much. This year he took what could have been uh, an easy cash grab and be like, let me just redo the X-Men. Let me just read him back. A lot of action, a lot of whatever. But no, he goes in... Uh, uh, creates a whole new mythology around them. It builds years of stories to come and 12 issues uh, of the Powers of X, House of X uh, to uh, minis. And he sets it up so that he's not there to tell you a story in six, 12 issues. He's there to tell you a story for three to four years. And he's going to do it uh, so that when you look back at those 12 issues, you're like, here it was the whole time. Like I saw it all right here. I saw all the seeds for it, so that's why I like it. Interesting. <clears throat> so my number four is a not even a newbie, but someone that I would never expect to be on this list, and it's Chip Zadarsky. Chip, well, it's going to be my number five, but then I remember about Sean Murphy, so I kind of kicked him out. But yeah. I there's there's 
many books this year actually that he has written that I have either been impressed with. Uh, Invaders is one of them that I was not expecting to stay on for twelve issues. Uh, we had now I got it. I know you guys did not finish it out, but White Trees was one of those little fantasy books that he put out. Uh, a little White trees. White trees. Did it I was that, that two issue run. One with the orgy. Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's, that's right. You did read the first one at least. Yeah, um, he's writing Daredevil. Or he's jeez, that was weird. He's Daredevil. writing Daredevil. I don't know why I can't say Daredevil. Daredevil. There you go. Daredevil. You guys remember I we got kidnapped and Matt Murdock showed up. Yeah, yeah. No, he was useless. <laughs> like I'm beyond sure he useless. was lying though. I don't know why he couldn't. You know, at least go with where the voices were coming from. Anyway, <laughs> back to the chip stuff. Spider Man. Spider Man. Uh, life story. Uh, actually in 2020, I'm going to, we're going to get back some of the artistry work from him, uh, for sex criminals. Oh, number 26. Uh, so, I mean, it's just one of those things that chip has really stepped up to being not just the sex criminals artist, but knowing how to write books and to make them compelling stories like life story. You got six issues starting in 1962 until the current, current decade. Um, he also wrote, I don't sure if it was this year, uh, the Marvel two and one. I don't remember if that was. I know it was 2018. I don't remember if we. It may have still gone on in 2019. He, he dropped off after the first like eight issues, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it doesn't matter. But anyway, Chip has shown up, dropped the gauntlet, Jeez. and he's uh, he's doing good work. I'm hoping he keeps it up. Um, my number four is Al Ewing, um, specifically for Immortal Hulk, uh, just like. Uh, other writers have are Jonathan Hickman retconning X-Men. Al Ewing is the godfather of retconning Hulk um, and turning it into a horror book. Um, and I think he's a great writer at uh, constructing horror in this series where Hulk doesn't necessarily have to be a scary book, but I think it works better that way. That's, you know, you're playing on the fear of Bruce Banner uh, with the Hulk as opposed to, yeah, like you said, Marvin, if Bruce just can control Hulk, like, it's not even that compelling a story. It's just like, oh, it's easy. The character has no challenge, has no obstacle to overcome. So, um, you know, we got, like, Harpy eating Hulk's heart and, like, crazy shit like the Abomination, like, going into an alien suit that, like, is eating him from the inside out. So, just a lot of crazy, gross things, but... Uh, I'm loving the Hulk right now, and I think that's all thanks to Al Ewing. By the way, Al Ewing on my short list did not make it. Uh, like I said, Chip Jasadarsky, Joel Jones, and also uh, kind of dropped off at the end. But I remember liking him for a good, good time when uh, Black Panther and Captain America had TC codes. So I thought I'd give those guys a shout out. Number three, uh, Greg Rucka for Lazarus Risen. Um, even though three issues came out this year, which doesn't seem like a lot, but there's they're about 60 pages, so it's about, what, nine issues, six issues, something like that. Uh, but even if we get an issue, you get the back matter, you get all that stuff, every single thing that Greg Rucka puts into this book, whether it be uh, the comic or the novella or the uh, backup material and tells you more about the world, even him just talking to you about these medical uh, breakthroughs that he's reading into or scientific uh, futuristic kind of weapons, whatever, um, all of it is very compelling. Uh, Greg Rucka has a way of writing that uh, it doesn't matter what he talks about. Uh, I have to read it. And Lazarus uh, for a while was gone. Uh, we had a little mini in between and he wrote the story for those, but he didn't write the dialogue. And you know what? Couldn't really tell. But when it came back with Risen, 
not only did I feel like it stepped it up to another level, but I look forward to every three months, probably four, maybe five <laughs> months that book comes out, and it's worth it. Like when you read that, you're always like, okay, this is a good package, and I just can't wait for him to do more. And I should be reading uh, Lois Lane. I just hope he does more stuff. Isn't he doing like a Wonder Woman thing? Like a one shot thing? Uh, I don't remember that. I think he's part of 750. It's yeah, 750. Yep, him and Nicola Scott are coming back. Yep. So then I would give that shout out to uh, Michael Arth, though, who also makes Lazarus yes. Risen uh, readable and beautiful. He was on the short list also, but then I was like, uh, he only does a portion of those books, and then the rest is all Greg. Uh, but it's still great. Even this issue two, that fight in the uh, shipyard, mm. good stuff. Beautiful. My number three. Three, right? Yeah, number three is uh, Sean Murphy as a writer. I was go- I was gonna have him be on my artistry list, and I was like, you know what? No, it's I mean, it, it's all in itself the same thing. The art is part of the story. The story is part of the art. Um, but when I got done reading issue three of the Curse of the White Knight, I wasn't sure what to expect from four. And when you open to four and you find out the outcome of what had happened, uh enough to make me almost cry and it wasn't necessarily just i think part of, he he knows how to give you that that um stakes there are stakes in this book there are stakes in what he does there are rules that he wants to follow and not only is it a fun a fun book to read but there's just more to it than that and it's not it's not the easter eggs it's the everything that he puts into this book writing and art together has a purpose. You know specifically about that scene, what's great about it is <clears throat> uh, even though he is the artist and this this would seem like it would be all on the artist to do, it's not. It's on the writer to do. Uh, when you see that scene and you see the outcome of the uh, situation, uh, it's a silent panel, full page spread, and I think it's on a page turn so that it hits you like that. And you don't need words to describe what's going on in that scene. And to be able to take back and be like, less is more, show me what's going on is a sign of a strong writer to be like, no, this is this medium. This is how you tell this. And I'm just going to show them and they'll react to it how they react to it. I don't need to tell them how to react to this. So. I'm glad I didn't have to say all that. <laughs> uh, my number three is Ed Brubaker from Criminal. Um if there's anyone that can write suspense the way that Ed Brubaker can, I mean, that's it. That's him. Um, I haven't read like a book about true crime. Um, I mean, there's some things that are similar to that. Obviously we read a lot of superhero books. That's crime fighting, but true crime, um, Ed Brubaker has got it on lock. Um, he knows how to add suspense. He knows how to like really develop a story that also creates that suspense. Uh, so that when you finally get to the big reveal, uh, like, for instance, when there's like a plan that's put in motion and then the plan goes absolutely apeshit in the opposite direction because someone pulled the wrong thread. It's it's just a lot of fun. And it seems like I'm watching like a Martin Scorsese movie or something that has like just intense story behind it. And uh, yeah, love it. My number two is Ed Brubaker. Uh, part of that I want to say, and I think I mentioned before when we talked about Criminal, is that Ed's really good about taking characters who shouldn't have redeemable qualities uh, like Teague Lawless in this uh, last arc who should be a piece of shit. It doesn't take care of his kids. We even see a whole issue where he just becomes infatuated with a lady and then forgets he even has a fucking kid. <laughs> um, and so they call and be like, hey, like, 
they kicked me out of the house and I'm living with this person now. Um, to take somebody like that who has whole, no redeeming qualities, but still the whole arc is about somebody is eventually going to kill him and you're concerned on who that is. You're worried about how it's going to get fucked up. Is it going to be from his son? Is it going to be from the detective that's trying to find them? Is it going to be the lady who he met and only knows for the last couple of months? To take those things for a person, uh, which he's he's an uh, abusive, uh, controlling uh, criminal, has no regard for other people but himself, and still be like, Man, I hope he uh, doesn't get betrayed by like his son. Like that would be like heartbreaking to see his son kill him. Still, like you still want to be like, I hope he, like, you know he's gonna die, but you still hope for the best. And, and then you see his son, which in the one issue with the arcades and you see all that stuff that's happening and you only feel concerned for them uh, and they're just kids and you see them going down that path and to know from reading future issues that things maybe not don't turn out well for them and you see kind of the seeds of it and it's kind of that you feel regret for them for going down that path and has a good way of taking all those characters, uh, even the detective is not even a good guy and you're still like, I don't know more if it's a person like I hope they're okay. Every once in a while, they do something that you're like, "Hey, he's a good guy." For instance, like the uh, what's the lady's name? So Jane. Jane helps out uh, Teak's son, and you're like, "Oh, she's good. She fucking killed the guy." I <laughs> <laughs> say the one thing we've been finding out from uh, Brubaker is that everyone's a bad guy. <laughs> That's what I mean. They might have a redeemable color. The world is not as black and white as you think it is. It's full of grays, and sometimes uh, just because somebody does bad things. Uh, they may be good in some other ways. So, being a bad guy does not make you a bad <laughs> guy. <clears throat> uh, my turn. Two, okay. Yeah. Uh, my number two, Scotty Young, written uh, normally known for all of his funny things, wrote Middle Deadpool, West. Middle West, uh, Bully Wars. And so, so two of those were, were funny books, and the, the big one for me is Middle West is always this great Didn't he have a mini also this year? Huh? Like a short three-issue thing? Maybe not. I'll see. Let me look. Let me look. But I mean, it's just that Scotty Young has shown up this year to be such a strong writer, and it's not all about the funny things and the stupid things and the Deadpool stuff, which I love Deadpool. Deadpool's an amazing character when written well. Uh, most of the time it's written to be, I'm an idiot, and I can do whatever the hell I want. But to know that Scotty knows that there's still good parts of Deadpool that made it great. Uh, Middle West, uh, so many good things to say about that book. But then the the underscore is Bully Wars, a book that takes a, a, a real, not a real approach, because obviously no school formats a uh, bullies beating the shit out of each other trying to find the rat. But such a good five-issue run. Glad that it didn't overstay its welcome. Right. That he knew this is the story to tell. This is what everyone's going to get out of it, and enjoy the art because it's a, it's an art style that's not Scotty's, but it sure is close. Um, my number two is Jonathan Hickman. Um, mostly I would say because of House of X, Powers of X, he hasn't really done anything else that I read. Uh, and coming into the new X Men series, I mean, you took a franchise that has been rebooted. God, more times than any other franchise, I would say, in comics. I mean, X-Men has been... They've tried different approaches so many times, and it's always failed. Um, and so it's awesome that they get Hickman to write this really compelling story and redo all the mythology and make X-Men compelling again about how this group feels victimized 
um, by earthlings, by humans. And so they decided, hey, we're just not going to live by your rules anymore. We're going to live on our own nation. We're going to do our own things. We're going to have our own set of rules. And it's just an excellent story. And, you know, the thing with Hickman is we saw in Black Money Murders with the diagrams and expansive knowledge that just keeps growing and growing. And now you get this in this superhero book where there's always a fun diagram or you just get to know more and it's like, world building yeah. and i think when you're world building in a comic that's just excellent especially when it's a popular franchise so well it, it makes it easier for you to live in that world to see how people feel or how right. how something is affected that jonathan hickman is a master at doing such right. world building yeah it's like you're creating actual ecosystems and you got it's cool to like learn the rules of those ecosystems jonathan hickman uh my number one uh, you know, when I here's the way I came out this. I looked at, uh, and it's very easy now, guys. My digital collection. I go through and I look at all the books, and I'm looking at the books, and I'm looking at uh, the covers, and I can, I can sparse out who wrote what, and be like this, 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 and I go through there and be like, if I'm picking up the book, and especially if I continually pick up the book, you guys know me, drop as quick, uh, quicker than a hot tamale. Um, I'm looking through the list. And I'm looking at me, this purse keeps popping up. And I'm like, the good book, good book, good book, good book. Uh, and for the what, the third fucking year in a row, Jeff Lemire? Fourth. Jeff Lemire is also my number <laughs> That's one. That's my number one. Jeff Lemire, this I mean, fucking guy. He's great. Joker Killer Smile, Black Holy Hammer, shit. Gideon Falls. What else did I see? There's another Ascender. Family, family Tree. Ascender, Family, family Tree. Well, what's he doing in. God, there's, there's a Marvel book. A, yeah, yeah. He was doing a DC book, too. Oh, he, he did, did the question. Century. He did Terrifics. Yeah, the Black Label one. Oh, that's right. Uh, what? Terrifics, which Fixed was good. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, just a powerhouse. I mean, what a guy that can... And like we've all talked about how he does his work. Like He goes in, does an 8 to 5, just pumps out great story after Black great story. Hammer and, Justice League. Yeah, that was great. Fuck, I was just looking at this, and I was like, here he is again, doing... First off, like at least seven to eight books that I got this year, and each of them consistently different, as we talk about every year, different enough from each other that it doesn't feel like rehash Jeff Lemire, but also they all have the same... What are you doing? <laughs> not putting my mic down. Oh, I thought you were putting it to the table. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> uh, uh, not only are they very uh, different... And so you don't feel like he's rehashing the same thing over and over again. But all of them have uh, the same standard of quality. That Like, no book feels like, oh, man, he's focusing too much on this one book. That's what his book's suffering. Every fucking book is high class. Right. I don't understand. Like, once again, third year, right? Yes. Yep, third year. Be at least Wasn't third. the first year. Hat trick of Jeff Lemire that. since he likes hockey. Uh, the hat trick. Uh, this fucking guy uh, is three years running. Like you said, he uh, not only is a powerhouse in terms of what he turns out, but also has uh, a storytelling mind that all the work is fantastic. Uh, we talk about Gideon Falls, which is a book that keeps turning these fucking corners. I don't know where it's going, but at every step of the way, it's fantastic. And then we get you know fun stuff with Black Hammer, Justice League. When we get Family Tree, which is like, where's this going to go? And it does seem like different from his other books. We get back into the kind of family dynamic that we love so much with Royal City. Um, 
And then now Joker Kill Smile, which was like terrifying on a oh, level that so good. Uh, is psychologically more realistic than Gideon Falls. It's not as weird, but also still like I don't understand a how he has time, as we stated over and over again. But also b where he finds his drive from because all these stories consistently, I feel like when I read them, be like this is new. Like I've never seen like the Killer Smile it doesn't feel like a rehash of anybody else's uh, Joker mm-hmm. story. It feels brand new. And then even when Black Hammer Justice League came out, I was like, yeah, it's gonna, yeah, I know what happens. They don't like each other and they join up. But no, it's more than that. It's more about the characters, not as extra fact as I thought it was gonna be. But it fits. It fits perfectly. And I remember when it first was coming out, I was like, how's this gonna work? Does it even make sense? It right. does work. I think it's one of those things that Jeff Lemire takes pride in what he's doing. Yeah. That it's not just to put up books to put up books. It's that when he puts out a book, he stands behind it and he knows, okay, I I did the 20 hours worth of work just on this one issue or on these three issues to make it what I want. And even in Royal City back in 2018 when he decided uh, this was going to be a 16, was it 16 issue run? It was going to be like a 20 or it was going to be a whatever. And he goes, nope, actually, this is the end. I don't need to waste your time doing this other stuff. So right there, he's making the the executive decision to make this book more readable for the the customer or the the person who's going to put them on the podcast and put you in three years in a row uh being the best writer that's out there you know what's good about terrifics uh and also black hammer when you think about both those books both of them are kind of uh commentaries on classic superhero tropes they're kind of talking back to the silver age but you have terrifics which is kind of uh more of a commentary on fantastic four and then you have black hammer which is a commentary on a lot of golden age kind of heroes but they don't feel like the same fucking book. They could be. Right. They could be like, hey, this is a, you're telling me the same thing. You're trying to go back and talk about old superheroes and have fun stories like it used to be, but they both feel different. And for somebody to consistently write different books like that, and especially two so closely, which they could be, he could be lazy and be like, you know what? I bet you nobody who reads Black Hammer is going to read Terrific, so let me just do kind of some similar thing. But no, he's like, no, I want to do this with this book. And like Alex said, when he got to a certain point, he was like, you know what? This is the end. I don't actually need this anymore. I'm not going to waste your time with something just to keep the book going, not to just consistently get work. This is where the story ends. This so this is where I'm done. Yeah, what was that royal? Was it royal? What was the book called? Royal, royal City? City. Yeah, like that situation where he's just like, I don't. Yeah, you're right. Like I don't have any else to write for the story, and it's like you want there to be more, but when you get the end, you're just like, yeah. I mean, went out on a high note, just like anything you would hope would, instead of dragging its feet and not landing the ending. So, and when and when Garrett and I talk about Family Tree being not as strong a first issue, that's that's not even a thing on Jeff Lemire. That's just us going. I expected a little bit more, or I expected right. it to be a little bit longer of a story. When we're going to get to issue two this week, and be like, holy shit, this book is amazing. Right. Uh, standard of Jeff Lemire, it's all spectacular. Yeah, he makes everything connect so well and very intrinsic. Story. Oh, he did that Berserker book too. There you oh, go, yeah, Berserker, Berserker Unbound. Unbound. Yeah. Wow, that was good too. Yeah, I was going to say, I enjoyed that too. Getting Falls, the sender, like you just said. Um, well, I said it at a lunch today or a meet and greet thing. Um, you know, there's two types of writers in this world. There's a uh, Brian Michael Bendis and there's a Jeff Lemire. And like, you want to be a Jeff Lemire. Like that guy devotes so much attention to each book that he works on. He doesn't just phone in. Like he's passionate and he knows what he wants to do with those stories. Otherwise, he doesn't write it. We even heard that from Phil Hester on our podcast. He said if if Jeff's not interested in something, he will not write it. Like he has no interest in wasting his time on he it. He kinda um 
got into that place by having a couple of hits in a row, but it's also because I'm just looking at his list, see if I missed anything else. Um, I don't think so. Uh, having a couple of hits in a row, but also those hits where he's like, you know what? I'm tired of, cause for a while, remember he was an extraordinary X-Men. He was doing some Marvel stuff and it, the story X-Men was not good. Um, I don't remember not enjoying it. Uh, uh, I think the first couple issues were good and then eventually became, uh, you could tell it wasn't him by himself. It was a lot of editorial. Um, did Century come out this year, 2019? Do you know? Oh, yeah. I can't remember if it, was 20, if it ended it, in 2018 or if it book? ended Century. Century. It was a five-issue run. I'll look right now. Because um, I was going to say that was my Marvel shout-out to him. And that was one of those books that it took a character that I literally give two shits about. And, that was fantastic. And made it into a relatable book. It set up a character to come back later and actually have something to do. It was It was great. Give the old Donny Cates treatment of here's something you didn't know about this character that makes him interesting and makes you care. I know, Gary, you dropped it. I understand. Mm-hmm. But it did turn out to be an amazing I know, book. it was last year. Okay. But still. Um, what was I saying? Stuff. <laughs> Jeff Moore's great. Oh, um, Extraordinary X-Men. Oh. It, 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 he, kinda, he had the opportunity. He did a couple things. He He said, you know what? He said, I'm tired of that money that's guaranteed if it's if it's going to be that I'm sacrificing my writing and sacrificing what I love to do and sacrificing storytelling. And so he went off to do a couple of things on his own and those things kind of hit. And so Jeff Lemire has now the opportunity, especially with these things he keeps turning out of being successful, being these books that are very popular. Descender was popular enough uh, that now has a sequel. Um, he did that thing with uh, Scott Snyder's AD and like he's done all these things that you might not enjoy them all the time, but, they are different. Like AD is way different. It's three ish, three issues that were full book style, magazine style, and now we have a Killer uh, Smile with Joker, which is prestige format and a different kind of Joker story that we've never seen before. So he took a risk by going his own way, and it paid off. And now he's like Garrett was saying. Uh, Phil Hester told us a couple of years ago at uh, when he was on our podcast, uh, he has the opportunity now to be like, you know what? If you're not gonna let me do what I want to do, I'm not gonna do it. So. And I think that's why consistently three years in a row for us in this podcast, it's been the year of Jeff Lemire. Yeah. So the year of Jeff Lemire, the hat trick, number three of three. Well, so. we'll, see, we'll see what 2020 brings for us because I, I don't know of anything new coming out other than uh, a new family trees right now. He, black, well, I think there's another Black Hammer six issue run that's coming out by he, Jeff Lemire. He's, I think, gained. And I think last year he was in this place, too, but even more so now. Anytime I see his name in a book, I'm like, get in that book. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Get in that book. So, Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail.com. Let us know what your top five writers and artists were of the year. 605 215 1849. Call us and leave a voicemail. Go to anchor.fm, download the app, and send us a voicemail that way. You can also subscribe to the show when you're there or subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Digital Radio, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Um, if you go to WednesdayComics.com, it actually has 10 places there right on that page where you can download the podcast. I don't know. It's all 10. Overcast, I think, was one of them. Who knows? We'll just go there. Uh, RootsOfSwampThing.com, your different for, uh, source for all things Swamp Thing. Follow him on Twitter at DCWorldSwampy. Facebook.com slash WednesdayComicsPodcast. You can follow us. Nope, that was us. Roots of the Swamp Thing. <laughs> but our Facebook is Facebook.com slash WednesdayComicsPodcast. We're on Twitter. At Wednesday Comics, at Alex Pastrello, at Garot2188, and at Marvin underscore 
Sagwaro. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, the At Wednesday Comics Sunday nights, you'll watch the gauntlet on there. And uh, Facebook, by the way, uh, not on there anymore. So I don't think it's been updated in a while. So, But you can certainly on Facebook, there's a contact us button, and that still works. So if you want to contact us that way, that still works for us. So, uh, Gary, we have a book club. Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Green Lantern of the Sinestro Core War, Volume 1, Jeff Johns, Dave Gibbons, uh, Ivan Rice, and Ethan Van Schreiber. I think one more person, too. Ivan, uh, no, Patrick Gleason. Uh, so we're going to read Volume 1 in a couple weeks here. The uh, first episode after the new year, we'll talk about that book. Uh, speaking of Dave Gibbons, finale tonight, Watchmen. So excited to see how that ends. Uh, maybe Loop Man will show up back up again. Who knows? That's pretty cool. He might. Maybe there will be a season two. Possibly. It's supposed to be one and done, but we'll see. And it seems like might be. Uh, you know what, guys? After a look at doing that top five, I feel like a lot of people who uh, we've enjoyed over the years had a big comeback this year. Greg Rucka with his Lazarus uh, coming back. Ed Brubaker, a criminal. Not that Ed Brubaker was gone last year. I have any means. Um, Jonathan Hickman Jonathan Hickman he's been MIA for a little bit uh, and then we have a couple new people on there that maybe haven't been on the list before like Sean Murphy which I think last year proved himself but this year was like yep yeah, he's good mm-hmm. you want know, also I uh, noticed when I was going through that list I think uh, 2020 and I make a little uh, promise to myself expand my horizons a little bit I feel like uh, even though those guys have been on my list before like that's it like, Joel Jones was, like, the only female writer that I read, I think. So. I think I still get Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. If you have any suggestions, at Marvin or Sarsaguero, any comic book series that you're reading that I need to check out, let me know. Got to expand those horizons. Expand my knowledge. Expand, You'll forget it later. Expand. Anyway. Expand. I won't forget. <laughs> Did you know what happened? <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'm Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Gary. Hey, everyone. Keep showing those pages.